The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler, but that's not important right now because with me today in the SCP studio, he's fine with whatever temperature you set the thermostat at. It's Zay Edgren. Hello, everyone. His music never plays at an inconsiderate volume. It's M4 Connor Burke-Smith. Hello, y'all. He's always ready to go with you on a midnight Taco Bell run. Welcome, PA1, Ian Cavigli? 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 You can say it however you'd like, Dave. Wow, that's very kind of you. I've never actually eaten a Taco Bell. And he, neither have I. And he's happy to take charge of the chore wheel. It's M3 Nolan Radetzky. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the show. Several of you are, are a first-timer. Nolan, I think you were on one show before. Yep. Zay, you've been on the show before, but two of you are totally new. Before we get to today's topic, I'd like to know more about you. Nolan. What's your favorite breakfast when you eat out? A, an omelet with some mushrooms in it and uh-huh. some cheese. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All and, right. and of course, a coffee. Right. Okay. All right. Do you put anything on your omelet? This is very important. This is what the listeners want to know about you. Mm, preferably cheddar cheese, but yeah. I'm really open to any kind of cheese. Hot sauce? No. Okay. That's terrible. Ian, what behavior in others is guaranteed to annoy you? <laughs> Hmm. That's a great question, Dave. I'm just imperturbable. I don't think anything annoys me. You do strike me. For, I I don't know that we've ever really met before. Maybe we, I mean, we, we, we may have. We chatted briefly we, once. We chatted uh, briefly. Okay, fine. I've said your name and you've not said anything back. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, I was just passing in the hallway. I poked my head in and said, Dave, and you were hard at work. and just ignored me. <laughs> Did that, did you that poked an- your head into my office, said Dave, and I ignored you? You did. Did, did you that did. annoy you? Uh, that, <laughs> that annoyed me. Uh, the one time. <laughs> what an asshole. Okay, well, we've got your answer. Connor, which social network is better, Twitter or TikTok, and why? I hate them both. I want to say equally. I have not gone on TikTok before. I think Twitter is probably worse for the world in total. I think it completely lacks nuance and requires people to repost things, which is pretty terrible. Okay, so with the the news that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter and that it's undergoing some very difficult times, I wish I wish nothing terrible on the people in people who work at Twitter or anything like that, but I wouldn't mind if it just went away. I, I agree. I don't understand what happens on Twitter. Well, again, thank you for being on the show with me today. I appreciate that. We're here today. Zay, why, why are we here today? What are we talking about? So hopefully we've clickbaited everyone into clicking on this episode. We are going to talk about, quote, medical fraternities in medical school, but not actually. So Nolan. It's <laughs> <laughs> the essence of clickbait. Yes. So, so Nolan, tell us, what is AKK? 
So AKK was founded 150 years ago as a medical fraternity, which were, was quite common back then, actually, out east. And then 100 years ago, Iowa formed its own chapter and bought a house at 339 Teeters Court, which actually didn't exist at the time. It was a River Street. And for the last 92 years, it has continued succession of medical students occupying this house with 24 rooms. And over time, it's evolved. And in the 1960s, the national chapter actually went bankrupt. And the house has stood alone in the for the last 50 years, changing over that time and evolving into what loosely could be called a fraternity, but not really anymore. In the 90s, they went co-ed, and now it's more of a housing collective or co-op, um, which we all live in together. Thank you. And there, I think there's some... Some more history about how it evolved with a, a certain man that technically owned the house but didn't own the house, or or will we not go into? Oh, that? oh we'll get we can to that. Okay, we'll we'll get <laughs> to it later. Very suspicious. So, <laughs> moving on. How about Ian? Tell us a little more about AKK, but day to day and like how it is to you as a as a first year in the house. Sure. I've been in the house for three months now. And when I moved in, I was not certain of what to expect, given that I moved in with only a Zoom call with the presidents prior to coming out here. So, but on the day to day, you know, you interact with each other in the kitchen primarily. And uh, you see people in the hallways and whatnot. And is there a common area? There is a common area. Yeah, There's multiple. Multiple common areas. So many common areas. But I'd say, yeah, primarily, you know, I get up, I go get my breakfast. Somebody's in there drinking coffee. Somebody's cooking eggs. And there's some, some small talk, or maybe not. Maybe somebody's <laughs> grumpy and just staring at their coffee, which is fine, too. And then... It's nice of you to pay attention to those boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, you know, we go to class or whatever and reconvene maybe later in the evening over dinner. There's a number of people I play soccer with that I've got connected with that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, so that's been pretty great. And a few weekend trips that we've put together as well, which has been really fun to escape from the slog of PA slash medical school. Yeah. And I should say, since you've, since you brought it up, I usually mention what people are <laughs> during the intro, but I forgot today. So three of you are med students. One of you is a PA. There's multiple professional schools involved who are represented among people who live at AKK. Isn't that true? Yeah, we actually have pharmacy, public health, dental students. We kind of have evolved to general health professional or organization. And we have 24 residents and a mix of all classes of med school. So it's really a great environment to get to know other people in the health field cool all right and connor you are the longest time resident that's sitting in this room with us so mm -hmm. how about you tell us more about the true essence of akk <laughs> yeah yeah to expound on a couple of the earlier things i think i think one is kind of it's just like a really diverse group of people which is great uh, kind of going off what we were talking about with the different professional schools you'll just meet the most like random people that you wouldn't have become friends with if you didn't like end up living with them kind of randomly which is really nice so i think that's a big part of the essence of it and then we talked a little bit about the day-to-day -day, but it's nice because one thing it does have in common with fraternities in the sense that they're typically thought about, which is kind of an undergraduate thing, is just the social aspect of it. 
you really get to know people very well when you live with them, which is kind of like something I think most people understand. But the idea that you can get to know 20 different people very well and have that change every single year is a really unique opportunity in med school. And I think is really part of the essence of AKK for me. Yeah, I I appreciate that answer because it makes me it makes me think about residence life as well, like being an undergrad, being in the dorms like I was an RA. So for me, choosing to live at AKK definitely was like the next logical step because I spent four years living with a very large group of people. And that was my my best way to just always have someone there, or always have social interaction or like someone to rely on. So that's definitely one of the huge benefits of akk for me yeah i totally feel that just like you make so many good friends in the dorms that you live in in college and then this is sort of an extension of that for sure spoiler alert to all those people thinking about going to med school you're not going to have time to find friends so having, <laughs> so, that's not that's pessimistic. <laughs> i'm here for the pessimistic takes that's why i was invited but and, you know, so having some baked in social life isn't a bad thing. And it's been really great for me in the first three months. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, yeah. During the busy parts of med school, like courier, I was just like, you don't have that much free time. But then it's like when I'm eating dinner, it's like I'm having a good conversation with my friends. So, yeah, I totally agree. Super great opportunity to squeeze it in a little bit when you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like my analogy for making friends in medical school would be more like a, like a greyhound race. Once it starts... You're like going to all the events and all the dogs are rushing out of their cage and like mingling and stuff. But then it's kind of hard to fall behind because when everyone's that busy, it's really hard to build a friendship from like short mingles in the hall between any research people want to do or extracurriculars and studying just because it does get busy. Yeah, maybe I'd like to modify it, but it's, you're not going to make any friends. You're not going to have time to make any friends. But, uh, you know, just living with people and being forced to interact with them on a daily basis is going to go a long ways towards building relationships that you otherwise may not have the time for. Is there a, a strong alumni, AKK alumni situation? That is a great question. Nolan, I feel like you would have a great answer. Tell us the history, Nolan. <laughs> oh, there is quite a few members, even around the local community, who who did live in the house, and it's pretty neat, just like walking through the neighborhood and being and meeting people who are like, "Oh yeah, I used to live there," kind of thing. But recently, we do not have a well-organized system for bringing alumni back and that is something we've been working on is trying to organize a tailgate to once a year get alumni back and more involved but because we lost like kind of the official fraternity traditions and everything along with that the strength of our alumni network has kind of faded yeah i wonder what the thoughts are of like the alumni pre pre pre-co-op phase versus like post-co-op phase like the ones that were there back when AKK was this big party land and it was just a bunch of dudes in a frat doing frat stuff versus now we're we're co-op I gotta say I gotta say the whole idea of a bunch of dudes and doing frat stuff is (laughs) (laughs) makes me feel uncomfortable that's that's why I only talk about it with our history because Thankfully, that is not what we are now. We're oh, not good. a bunch of dudes yeah. doing friends. I don't know if I, could, I don't know if I could live knowing that. I don't. I'm not even going to say what some of the things that I think frat people get up to. But you know, well, let's well, maybe we can clarify like what 
what we do do what i guess we we've said okay we live in a house together but what a what is it that we do communally so we have a, once a semester we have a party we might have two parties per semester but usually just once a semester we'll have little and, social- and that's something oh, that's open to the whole school and mm-hmm. the whole anybody in carver can attend those yeah should, should we talk about the one in the fall or is it should we keep it secret for people in the know (laughs) (laughs) you you find out when you show up (laughs) based on earlier comments i think kind of saying what things are instead of just leaving that frat stuff (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point okay we do frat stuff yeah okay Okay, so basically we, we we replace the lights in the house with black lights and then we get a bunch of glow paint so people can just show up anyone from the school can show up and put paint all over themselves and stuff. Everyone wears a white t-shirt so that it glows. And it just adds to the the, the dynamic of the party. And it's not just med students. Because like we said, we have people that are in public health or pharmacy or dental. So we tell them like, hey, invite everyone. We're going to make it awesome. And it's it's since it's one thing, it's not like living at this place makes you stay up all night. Because there's always parties. It's never like that. It's just... We happen to be a house with people that live there, and we happen to throw a very occasional party. Yeah. And we also had a party last spring where the theme was ancient aliens, uh, which was a little <laughs> bit difficult to decipher. But we did build a very large volcano, so that was cool. But yeah, so the black light's the one we do every year, and then we have a, a different one with a varying theme. The, the yeah. okay, the ancient ancient aliens. We we can give some context. So we we're trying to come up with a theme for this party that the first years tend to throw. And I think the theme that I thought of was it, we were combining two, right? We we made yeah. it like ancient like Pompeii, but it is it was end of the world themed. That's or, it. Yes. That's apocalypse. It. Okay, I, I said apocalypse and then someone else was like, Well yeah, but we should do like a toga party or like Greek stuff or something. And then someone's like, what if we combine them and make it ancient Pompeii? And then we just put a massive volcano up and then we we're like, yeah, you can do apocalypse stuff or you can do toga or combine it. And it it was just like all these ideas together that just made for honestly, I don't even know. Were there aliens? Was just me. I did go the alien route, though, with what I wore. I had a like Pikachu <laughs> stuffed thing that I put in my backpack and kind of carried around with me. But maybe that was only me. If so, I apologize. <laughs> I w- I was There's always that one person who did not understand the assignment. <laughs> well, I wasn't picturing Pikachu when I heard aliens. <laughs> okay. So, I, I, I guess I don't know. Wait, I don't. I don't even know if we understood the assignment when we were coming up with it, but I feel like it made it more fun. Yeah. You know, we didn't know what it was, so. Yeah, it was fun. There was some chaos in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that explains. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Ahead. But back to the no longer uh, fraternity, fraternity, partying it up all the time. The bar or the house did have a bar in it, which was uh, forced to be taken out in the 1950s by the university <laughs> after they got into some shenanigans. So over time, it's slowly been regulated down. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so weird! I didn't know that in the basement where the gym is. Okay, oh, wow, that's so much healthier. Yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> much healthier alternative. Yeah. yeah. So there's the party, and then I mean, we just do things like I feel like every weekend there's something going on, and then there's a group chat, and it's kind of like, does anyone want to do this thing with me? So, you know, out of one year, twenty five people, you can usually find someone to go to like pretty much anything with you, which is a really nice element. 
Yeah, a lot of that informal stuff just pops up naturally with such a big group, but we do have monthly organized social events as well. Let's see, what are some of the ones we've had? Well, we got the inflatable movie screen, which we put on our front lawn and show movies, so that's pretty cool. Love that. There was a movie night. Yeah, we did a water balloon fight out in the front lawn. A water balloon fight relay with shaving cream pies. <laughs> we like to combine our events uh, into just a mashup of everything. A, co- a common theme here. We played hide and go seek, which was a lot more fun than it sounds, but it was very spooky and fun. Well, hide and go seek, but with all the lights in the house turned off at night. And then the seeker had to like go around with the, the flashlight on their phone and the hiders would try to sneak past them and get down to the basement into the safe zone. Yeah. I used to play this when I was kidding in the neighborhood. I want to live at AKK now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to come over. No, I was funny. I played the, the game when I was a kid too. We called it like hide and go seek tag with bass, but yeah. again, I don't know if that was just me. Anyway, that's a very played, catchy yeah. title. <laughs> <laughs> very succinct. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that was super fun. And I mean, just casually, we hang out a lot too. So I, I don't know if this is a, on the formal agenda, but we did get a hot tub a month ago. So sweet. That is just super now you nice. need a sauna. Super nice. Oh, that's yeah. what they should have replaced the bar with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sauna. Well, Iowa in the summertime is kind of a sauna. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that's true. True. Outside is the sauna, and inside is just the <laughs> refuge. <laughs> There's also a weekly wine and cheese night um, mm-hmm. for the more. More sophisticated. sophisticated. <laughs> Pretty frequent fires, too. We've got a fire pit mm-hmm. outside. Bonfires, to be specific. Yes. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> not, not trash fires. <laughs> house, <laughs> house fires. <laughs> Kitchen fires. Yeah. But while we're on the topic, we do have fire alarms all set up. And checked <laughs> really as well. They are up to date and working. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, please, please tout AKK's legally required. <laughs> we got uh, the carbon monoxide detector yeah. attributes. Yeah. Actually, usually when the fire people come by, there's something that they want us to do, and then we're kind of like, we'll do it. And then, <laughs> and then next year they come by and they have some other thing, and we eventually do it. So the, the city inspectors love love our house. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's been on hold uh, since COVID, so we'll see what it's happens. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that well, I mean, when was it built again? 1929. That's just kind of how it goes, right? Yeah, fix everything as it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice wooded area behind the house. There's a few old pictures from when it was originally built, and that was just a green lawn. Yeah, so that gives you an idea of how old it is. There's like massive mm. old growth trees back there now. Yeah, over the last 30 plus years, it's just been left to its own and developed into a nice little woods, which we actually have quite a bit of property in the surrounding area. Cool. Shortcoats, we love to hear from you, no matter what it's about. So call us at 347-SHORT-CT with questions, shower thoughts, complaints about your situation, whatever you like. We'll talk about it on the show. That brings up the the projects for the house, the growth we're making. Mm-hmm. So we, well, Nolan, shout out to Nolan, the, the builder man of the house. So Nolan constructed a bridge. I don't, there wasn't any bridge there before, right? It wasn't. Uh, there was a bridge, a concrete bridge built in the 1930s, but then it was slowly crumbling. So the city, one of the city inspectors came by and was like, that's a no-no and made us tear <laughs> it down 10 years ago. But then last year... You got some trees that had fallen over. You cut them with the chainsaw. 
and made a little bridge and then put up rope as well. So now there's like a special bridge in the back. And then do you want to talk about the project you have for the woods? Oh, yeah. So this is a pet project of mine for the last two and a half years is cleaning up the woods behind our house and widening out game trails and making paths through the woods. Hopefully going to be putting down some wood chips this summer and making it into a nice little park. Sweet. Nolan, you are, you're like the, I, I think you're, I, I see you as the artist of AKK. I, I accept that title. Yeah, <laughs> you're a, you're a you're a talented chainsaw carver. Yeah, that's actually something I just picked up in the last year and a half now. And there's just ample wood out behind our house, so uh, I got a chainsaw and like haven't stopped since. So this has provided you, this weirdly provided you with a medium that you didn't. <laughs> you just chainsaw carved because it's convenient. To yeah, you, no, no, all. no. There yeah. was some there were some logs in the way and they needed to be moved, and then I got out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have plenty of wood to keep Nolan busy a couple of months. And uh, yeah, so our mailbox is an anatomically correct spine. The the the, for, the part of the mailbox that holds it up. So made that's of, very impressive. Made of wood. Out yes. of our backyard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not just made of wood. <laughs> from, the, from a former member. <laughs> That's what happens if you don't pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of rent, 400 a month. So another plus. Yeah. All one, inclusive. One, yeah. Utilities, everything. One of the best deals you'll find in Iowa City. Yeah. And this is a common feature of co ops because. The point isn't so a co-op in the traditional co-op is from my brief reading is usually akin to a, a company that doesn't a nonprofit company, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the idea isn't to make a profit as you might if you were a landlord renting out or if you were selling a condo. So usually the cost of living in a co-op is much more reasonable because you're only concerned about making back the money that it costs to live there which when you're a poor person in medical school just makes a lot of sense to me yeah no i think it's one of like my favorite things honestly no one's taking a profit out of that money and it's cheap for that reason and also the money comes back directly to things that we want for the house yeah. all the extra money and it's just super easy to say they need a new chainsaw like, yeah a new chainsaw <laughs> a, a third new chainsaw <laughs> stuff for the gym is just like yeah like we have the funds you know and it's it's kind of our money going into the house and we see it coming right back which is really really awesome yeah, once yeah. the city inspector's uh, satisfied, we get we get the hot tub, we get new stuff for the gym, we get all of that. So I've been here for a year and a few months. In just that time, we've gotten the hot tub, a ping pong table, a bridge for the house, new treadmill, another new workout machine, and probably other stuff that I'm forgetting. So I think that's just how it should be. Like this is how rent or living somewhere should be, you know. Like no one should because be. usually if you pay rent as a young person, right? God only knows where that money goes because <laughs> I have lived in some shitty oh, yeah. <laughs> accommodations <laughs> as a renter, and uh, you know, I just I mean, it's not a it's not a perfect situation. <laughs> yeah, and the people you're paying rent to, it's like they don't care about you because they don't know you, so it's like they're only gonna do what they have to in terms of like repairs and just issues with the house. Yeah, when I was in college, I used to live in this place that just had rats like in the walls and stuff like that in the basement where I was living, and it took forever to get people to come out and get them. But now it's like we live in the same house, everyone's dealing with the same issues, and we know intimately the people that that are responsible for fixing them. So it's super nice to be that close. Very intimately. Yeah. 
how do decisions get made? So we have, or did you, yeah, we made eye contact. I, you can, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a, we have a leadership team. So there's four presidents and then there's a social chair and supplies chair. And those are the six people that are involved with stuff in the house. Oh, ooh, a little voice. Crack. Wow, that was <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't edit that out. Let's keep that. Four, four presidents? <laughs> yeah. So there's four presidents and there's housing, maintenance, alumni relation, and financial. And we meet up every week and we extend it to the whole house. Like ideally, everyone can contribute in some way. So we do announce when our meetings are and like encourage people to contribute and we just talk about it and if it's something that costs more than ten thousand dollars then we reach out to our alumni relations so that there's a check and balance like in case some power hungry med student comes along and tries to take the house then you know with the system of checks and balances we have then we can keep that under control so that it stays the friendly collective that it is yeah and every year we have elections for the next year anybody's who's lived in the house is will up for what am i saying eligible? Uh, for re-election. Re-election. Uh, eligible yeah oh there you yes go. <laughs> <laughs> i'm wondering you know when i think about when i when i think about collective action on my part i always think about how annoying other people are and you mentioned checks and balances that seems like a seems like a good idea i don't know like what i'm not, I'm not exactly sure what i'm saying i just never want to i never want to live in an hoa place i never want to live mm. in a in a condo where i have to go to meetings and stuff like that but this sounds a little different to me <laughs> let's see well i mean the only thing in terms of hoa someone harassing you to you know clean up your lawn or something the only thing on that note is everyone has a, a weekly chore that should take at most an hour other than that you can just not talk to anybody ever go to your room and do your own thing or you can well i wasn't gonna go that far (laughs) i feel like i'm applying for i feel like i'm applying to live there (laughs) yeah it, it mostly just has to do with stuff that like directly pertains to other people and not getting in their way like ideas about leaving your stuff in your room and like doing your chore like Zay brought up and those sorts of things we try not be too like prescriptive in terms of like particular things residents have to do or not do and of course the age-old roommate issue of doing your dishes Mm. 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 that's that's probably the most controversial thing that comes up and that, that means to show how uncontroversial it is, that's the most controversial, is like someone not washing their dishes. So we have a camera installed, <laughs> <laughs> pointed at, at the dishes, mm-hmm. just in case. It, it's also mostly a scare tactic, because when people know the camera's there, then they know they're being watched, then they're less likely to leave the dishes. Or just a subtle reminder is usually enough to make people do it. I... Love this idea mm. <laughs> of the potential for naming and shaming. Are you getting inspired for your household? <laughs> I would need a lot of cameras. <laughs> I'd need more cameras than 
Yeah, it was a super controversial idea at the start that there was like a camera pointing at the dishes. But you know, a couple things about the camera before people get the wrong idea. I just love this. I love like, oh, I see Connor didn't do his dishes. Right click, save as, publish on the group chat. (laughs) Exactly. No, so so it sounds bad. So it doesn't take audio. It only keeps like 24, 48 hours of video. And it is a private thing. So only the presidents can see the video and they would bring it to the individual privately unfortunately to to kind of tell them what's up and i believe it's worked out very well yeah there's there's also a special feature where the app for it i don't know if this was known before it was bought you can you can speak into it and it projects your voice into yes. the kitchen. <laughs> which i haven't used but i think someone used it when it when it was first dropped so when it was discovered when it was, when it was discovered <laughs> So after digging through the extensive AKK history folder, we have scrounged up some tidbits. So I'm going to provide you a short little story and have three (laughs) options for what the truth is here. So who would like to start us off? Oh, I'd love to start off. Okay, Ian. So, appropriately here on Veterans Day, oh, I guess this won't be showing on Veterans Day. <laughs> We're uh, recording on Veterans Day. We are That's recording fine. on Veterans Day here, and this has to do with World War II. So, in 1941, the U.S. was attacked by Japan, and subsequently, all medical students' curriculum was sped up, and like they got rid of summer breaks and that kind of thing. So, then in 1943, all students were drafted into the Army and moved to the law building as barracks. So what, Is this true? This is true. So what happened to the house? Was it A, occupied by a nursery of raccoons, <laughs> B, turned into a barracks for the Navy, or C, used as a workshop for making army uniforms? <laughs> hmm. Whoa. That's a tough, tough question there. Given that it was landlocked, I'm going to have to go with C. Ooh, it was B. The Navy mm. took the house. No. <laughs> what? That's right. The whole campus was actually like the field house and multiple dormitories were used by the Navy as a training area during World War II. And the house was used to house 27 sailors. Like, sailors. <laughs> it doesn't seem appropriate, but yes, yeah. they, they would be sailors. <laughs> wow. Okay. So if, if the raccoons didn't occupy the house, then where did they go during this time? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, because now it. there's plenty of room in the house for the raccoons. Okay, this next one is for Zay. So the house was originally owned by the Cook Building Corporation, which was set up by Dr. Boyd, one of the founding members of the fraternity. In the 1990s, the ownership came into question as nobody could seem to find the deed to the house. So, the what happened? to the house in and its ownership. Was it A, a long-lost heir to Dr. Boyd came and claimed the, it as part of his estate? B, a janitor created his own Cook Building Corporation and claimed ownership of the house? Or C, the house went up for government auction and was repurchased by what remained of the alumni? Wait a second. I, I thought I was going to know the answer to this because I know that it's... I know the guy's name. I don't know... Oh my God! What was the answer that you thought? 
I, I thought you it was gonna be like, did some guy named Mark take it? But I don't know who Mark actually is. Okay, I'm or, go. or D, did some guy named Mark? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, okay, I think A, where they make their own corporation, might be it. So Mark was actually a janitor here, oh. and he lived at the house for 30 years. And in the 1990s, when the official government documents for the organization of the house were turned into electronic records in Des Moines, they weren't transferred over. And Mark realized this, created his own Cook Building Corporation, and claimed ownership of the house. Damn, Mark. Genius. Wait, so Mark was the janitor and made the corp. Cook Corporation. Yep. So A and B were correct? No, A was a long-lost heir to the Boyd oh. Estate claimed the house. Okay. Where is Mark now? So Mark actually passed away four years ago. Oh. But for 30 years, he lived in the house and technically owned it. Well, the, what was the group of medical students continued paying taxes on the house, and there was a tense, <laughs> tense relationship between the two. <laughs> So did did Mark take profit by owning it, or was he just technically owning it? He he was owning it in what he claimed was like the good of the house because it was during that time quite unstable and financially falling apart. So he was the only continuity that came with students turning over every four years. He provided some of that and personally owned the house because he didn't trust the presidents to huh. keep it going. Mark's a suspicious type, but he he did a good thing, I guess, in the long run. Yeah, he did keep the house together. And from all accounts, reading the histories, it was in a place where potentially it would fall apart. Um, Of note, there was like 50 other fraternity chapters across the nation for this medical fraternity. And we and one other or I guess only one other location is left surviving in Jefferson Medical School in Hmm. Pennsylvania. Well, all right. It's amazing how many politics there are, like, no matter what's going on. Because people in our in our school often will say that we're the medical frat, which is something we're trying to change, like, that people just know we're a housing co-op, that we're not really a frat and all that, and just change the image a little bit. But, like, one, we're not a frat, and then two, there's so much history that nobody knows about. I just think it's super cool. Yeah, I've got one more. It's less related to the fraternity directly, but it was something interesting I stumbled across. So for Connor, in 1954, President Harry Truman was was per, about to perform in a play as a cameo for himself. However, he was struck down by an illness and required medical attention. He was cared for by two members of the fraternity doing externships in Kansas City. What happened to President Truman? Did A, he fall down and fracture his hip, B, have suspected appendicitis, or C, have an inflamed gallbladder? Hmm. These were medical students that were We're attending to him. I'd go with B, suspected appendicitis. B and C are correct. Mm. So he had suspected appendicitis, and then when they opened him up, they found his appendix was normal, but his gallbladder was inflamed, and they had to take out his gallbladder. Why are 
med students <laughs> helping the president of the United States. Only the finest for the president. With his appendix. <laughs> where, did, where did you find this information? What in the world? Oh, this is gallbladder. I mean, I, I, look, I acknowledge things were different back in the day. You know, like doctors were like, you know, experimenting on themselves and they were like, hmm, I wonder what happens if I pour vomit into my eye. You know, like, like they were doing like weird shit, but... I wouldn't have thought in the nineteen. What did you say? Nineteen fifties. I would. I wouldn't have thought that in the nineteen fifties they'd be allowed to treat a president. But yeah, I'm not sure how much role they had. But it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> they, were they, were, they were present. They were. They were present. They were. They were in the room. Hopefully, these med students weren't involved. <laughs> it's clinical care. I, I wonder if they like begged to be to be let in, like with the doctor. They're attending. They're like, please, just let us stand in the room so that we can say this. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. A little history for you. Thanks, Nolan. All right. Yeah, I have some other just small facts, but nothing like I could turn into a... Well, hit us with the small mm. facts. So, in 1952, 80% of the house was struck with an illness, and seven of them were hospitalized. <laughs> what was it? 1982. Okay. Ni- 1952, 1952, sorry. 1952. You said 80%, 80% of the 80, 80% of the house was hit with an epidemic Norovirus. of this illness. And 7%... Or 7... People were hospitalized. Norovirus. It's got to be norovirus. Saturday night fever. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a little couple decades after that. Commonly known as the kissing disease. Oh, mono. Infectious mononucleosis hit the house. Oh, man. How did they... Mono free From sharing their glasses? From kissing. They were all kissing. (laughs) It's the kissing disease. It was part of the ritual, actually. That's that pride stuff. This is back when they were, yeah, exactly. Who the hell knows what they were doing? The house briefly had a Great Dane, actually, named Prince. However, it only lasted three months before it ran away. (laughs) (laughs) This was back in the 1940s. And the house, when it did function as a fraternity, had a house mother live in the house and help prepare meals, take care of cleaning, and all the day-to-day things that residents now care for themselves her name was mrs davy and she lived in the house for 25 years actually Mm. um Mm. uh and served all the way up until she was 93 years old um and then at that time the university stopped requiring house mothers to live in the fraternities with them okay i thought she lasted longer than the great dane (laughs) Good job, she, Mrs. Davies. She did fall down the stairs to our sub basement and broke her oh, no. broke her uh, some cervical vertebrae and was hospitalized for a few months. Actually, wow, could have been worse. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you for your sacrifice. It seems like being in this fraternity was some crazy status thing. Like people helping with the president's medical care, and then a janitor stays there for thirty years, and then the house mom stays there for twenty five. I don't know. It seems like there's some. Something something got twisted up along the way. And now we're just a house. <laughs> you know, there's something in the water, and it's not just the mono. <laughs> I, I have a... Well, there was a wedding on our front lawn <clears throat> from two people that met each other in the house. So I think that was also a kind of an interesting tidbit. Lots of just stories over the years. A ton that we don't know of as well. And a few that can't be told on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I've heard as as a member for oh. only three months, I don't have many stories to tell. Working on it. Yeah. Working on it. Ian, a question for you then. Well, we were talking about growth and stuff earlier, but since you don't have as many stories, I'm curious, what change or like addition would you make to the house if you could do one thing? 
like if you were in creative mode and you could just bam make something happen hmm. can't say that i've given this a lot of thought it can be as wacky as you need it to be I'm just going to steal an idea that was given to me previously. I think we should get an ultrasound machine. Mm. Heck yeah. What? This is not a common... (laughs) It's not what I was expecting. I mean, I know y'all are learning We're all about education. And that's pretty cool, but, you know... We have a a library. It's got, like, vendors flashcards, a number of textbooks... I can't say that I've actually referenced any of them other than the Netter's flashcards, but I just think it would be cool to have a little repository of educational tools, one of which I've considered was a full skeleton, like anatomical skeleton. Sure, sure, sure. But no one had the idea of purchasing an ultrasound probe. Yeah, just one of the butterfly ones. You can plug it right into your phone. Anybody in the house could use it. And it's so user-dependent that it just would be great practice for us to, to get it hands-on with easy access and the this is also the the more reasonable form of this idea as well since we also tossed around x-ray machine <laughs> uh, which you know has like some radiation <laughs> concerns uh, that, that but, one was side, sadly denied yeah sideline that one <laughs> but what ultrasound a couple thousand dollars and i mean we all we, so there's 20 people paying 400 dollars in rent every month so we can buy some pretty interesting and wacky wacky things yeah if this happens, I would love to. I would love to see a podcast feature of you know identify the anatomical structure using ultrasound. So yeah, we could maybe we could hook it up so that it streams into the video. So you have a yeah yeah recording of it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm sure, we could. You like we could just take study breaks and just go over to the sofa and ultrasound each other. <laughs> ultra, well, ultrasound ourselves. Ultrasound each other. Ultrasound anyone. Anything. Any, anything. <laughs> <laughs> ultrasound anything, I think, sounds great. I wouldn't know what I'm looking at. Last time I used an ultrasound machine, the doctor said it was pretty good for a future psychiatrist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I took it, but I don't know if that was a compliment at all. See, but that's the problem. We It's such a ubiquitous thing, especially mm. in the in emergency department, but we have like such little hands-on use of it that we're, we get in there and it's, yeah, you're pretty good for a med student or something, mm. but you, you have no, th- no idea what you're really looking at. It's really strange how slow ultrasound... That I've, I don't know. I don't know much about this, but it seems to me that we've been talking about ultrasound for a long time as a really inexpensive, useful bedside tool. Yeah, they've been adding a lot more of these little ultrasound demos or I don't know what they call them, but they'll get like they'll get a bunch of us into the medical suites and whatnot. And one of us can volunteer to lay up on the bed and then we just practice on each other. So I did one last year, which is cool. And I, I think they've they're like really gradually getting it more into the curriculum or Ian, you're, you're a PA one. Maybe you have more insights. Yeah, I can speak to that. We just last week uh, in anatomy with Dr. Pizzamenti, he, uh, he's our professor for anatomy and he got, went up in front of the lecture hall, took his shirt off and <laughs> became the patient for the day. And one of the doctors demonstrated the use of ultrasound of the vessels in the neck. That's awesome. This is the look, listeners. This is shirt off for the neck. Yeah, I'm not not entirely sure why he took the whole shirt off, but he did. This is the dedication that our that our course directors have. You know, they'll get naked (laughs) for a jugular ultrasound. (laughs) (laughs) He's the same the same professor 
that for us, I don't know if he did it for you guys too, but he dresses up as a uterus and like sticks his arms out and has everyone take turns guessing which part of the uterus his like hand is and why have I never heard this before? I've heard a lot about (laughs) these people. Maybe this is the the stuff we're not supposed to talk about. I don't know. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, the doctor that was demonstrating the ultrasound machine got asked, so how long did it take you to feel comfortable like interpreting what you're seeing? And he just paused there, said, I don't know. <laughs> so apparently it was a while. Yeah, so my point is, we need the ultrasound machine so that we can figure it out. Ian, with, with the answers, I I never know what's coming next. <laughs> the idea for the house. Please get an ultrasound for the house. Yeah. I like this idea, especially if I can borrow it. <laughs> and it's it's pretty portable, right? Like we could take it out of the house and easily yeah. just bring it to an event or to here. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. The only right. the only thing is there's some subscription thing, right? I think usually there's, or no. I, I don't think so. I think it's just a one-time cost. It should be about 2,500 bucks. Definitely spend more on budget. More on a gaming PC than... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Than an ultrasound. Is Think it, of how much more use you'd get out of an ultrasound. Yeah. Do you? Just, can you just go on Amazon? Are they? Uh, are they maybe I, yeah. I. I would probably buy it just directly from the company that makes it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You want to get your ultrasound machines from Alibaba? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the accepted place to from a, maybe wish.com. Yeah, you know. like eBay, like a used one. <laughs> University of Iowa, yeah. gently used. <laughs> Ultrasound. Well, I was looking in the used section when I was searching for the x ray machines because those are a bit pricier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad you guys didn't get an x ray machine. I think that could get out of hand easily. easily. That's where the yeah. checks and balances come into play. <laughs> Point the x-ray machine at the at the dirty dishes. <laughs> and then maybe you get an even better result. I feel like x-ray, you, you know, you see the bones, but ultrasound, there's there's so much more to it. it. Seems like there's I could play with it for longer before getting bored, I feel. And dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before getting cancer, yeah. <laughs> Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. So for our final segment, I wanted to do a little game where I pull up would you rather questions and then not just ask them to one of y'all, but ask one of you guys to answer as if you were someone else here you know since we're roomies Mm. so ian would you rather lose your sight or your memories however as nolan so what would nolan respond to would you rather lose your sight or your memories Hmm. well as we previously mentioned nolan is a artistic soul many of the mediums he works with require sight and so and like visual the visual arts are definitely what he enjoys most so i would say that he would prefer to lose his memories because he lives in the moment what what do you yeah. think yeah no it's a tough one but he he's got it spot on Thank Very you. Nice. <laughs> and it's nice because you you tied it perfectly into what we've he, talked about he knows today. my reason i don't even have anything to expand upon he, mm. he knows why why i need it <laughs> 
That question was tailor-made for me. Thank you. Thank you, Zan. <laughs> All right. Next. Nolan, as myself, would you rather labor under a hot sun or extreme cold? Zay prefers the heat. I I don't mind. Well, I would rather be. How did you cold. get that so wrong, <laughs> Nolan? Well, that, it's you know. I gotta turn off the radiator to his room now. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning. I I'm the last one in the house to take out my AC because we have to turn on the boiler each year. Mm. So now my my AC is known. like one of the few that are still in. <gasps> last year, too. Uh, okay, mm. I know I'm bad. I'm Today bad. is the deadline. <laughs> Today is the, <laughs> Today at 11:59 p.m. But last year I also kept my window open like many days because I just burn up in my room. Well, those old houses are like, ste- usually they're like steam, heat. Yeah. They're on or off. The radiator mm-hmm. has no nuance. It's yeah. either like boiling. Yeah. That's the other That's the other thing I remember about living in, in rental properties is a lot of steam heat and a lot of having the windows open in the winter. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm on the third floor. So yeah, yeah. So you get it all. Yeah. Heat gets to me. Okay. Now, maybe... Someone else should pick the question that I have to answer as Connor. All right, I got it. So you're answering for me. Yeah. Let me this is a, pressure because you're also picking looking. the question. Yeah, I know. I want to see, see something. Wait, give that, give that to Ian. Give what that to Ian. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> I was choosing one to make Zan comfortable, but. Oh, there's quite a list here. 250 would oh, you rather questions. We don't play around. This would be a good one for Connor. He's a deep thinker. Would you rather be forced to live the same day over and over again for a full year? Oh, maybe this isn't the best. Or take three years off the end of your life. It's for okay, Zay okay, for wait, me, wait. Right? So what was the first one again? Would you rather be forced to live the same day over and over again for one full year? Or take three years off the end of your life? Okay, I think I got it. I think this one's pretty clear. I think Connor would take three years off the end of his life. <sighs> I, I, okay, well, I heard you make a noise, but I'm going to keep talking. I feel like Connor would go insane, like having the same things happen over and over. Not literally insane, but just would be so, so unhappy with that. And that that would actually be detrimental to at least three years of Connor's life to live the same day over and over 365 days in a row. Okay, Connor. Yeah, the rebuttal. Rebuttal. <laughs> rebuttal. I thought you were going to say clear proof, and proof then say wrong. day over and over. So I was like, oh, no. But I would just work on my skills every day, you know, <laughs> over and over again. I, Classic I re- Groundhog Day scenario. Yeah, that's what you do, right? Yeah. You come out past step one with flag colors. Yeah. You go back past step one finally. Uh, no, I passed step one. But yeah, I'd work on my skills. I'm assuming I could retain my memories in the scenario, you know, and I'm trying to live three years longer. So that's just the more time situation. So, all right, I'm, I'm going to argue this one. No, nope, <laughs> I'm Rebut the rebuttal. Okay, wait. But if you're living the same day, you're making the same mistakes too, right? I haven't seen same the movie mistakes. Groundhog Day. I, I so think you're going to do requisite. new no, things he gets every better day. And better. Oh, really? Until he reaches the point of depression. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's longer than a year, but it's like, I, I will, I would just completely not do the same stuff and do my own thing and then have the day start over. So got it. Yeah. The funny thing is the moment I started asking this question, I thought back to the times that you've said just another day, <laughs> same thing over and over again. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's not much different in this scenario <laughs> than my my normal life. So Ian's he already living that experience. I think yeah. you're good at these answers, Ian. And then you, someone else. Did oh, you, for yeah, Nolan should ask Connor uh, for. Okay, Ian. for Ian. So what would what would Ian what do? What would Ian do? Would he rather? That was a good question, though. Good choice. That, yeah, where he, did you find this list? I just looked up would you rather questions. And you. Zay knows that? how podcasts are made. <laughs> basically. <laughs> <is how. laughs> he's seen. What's the, what's the phrase? The sausage? Yeah, he's oh, yeah. seen how he's the sausage, sausage is made. Yeah. Yep, for sure. What is that? Is uh, that a, a common expression? Yeah. Yeah. You don't like want to see how the sausage is made. It's gross. <laughs> I, I, now it I is. get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, would Ian rather live in a treehouse or in a cave? <laughs> I'm going to go with treehouse. I think there is more amenities in a treehouse typically than a cave. I don't know about Ian's specific qualities here that would affect this question. But yeah, that's my guess. Spot on. Mm. I love the fresh air. Love the sunshine. The cave doesn't really offer either of those things. So. But you do have pale, many-legged creatures to keep you company in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Much like AKK. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for bringing that to, to the conversation. You're welcome. I hadn't considered that. Sometimes they don't have eyes So, in a cave. So that's even more to recommend it. Yeah. We didn't we didn't have Dave in any of these yet. We we could make uh, could make one for you, Dave. Uh, yeah. So go for it. Who Dave, should pick it? Who should answer? I think of the of the people, Zay and Nolan have interacted with me more than the other two. But Same. I mean, with you know, un, un, unless you count poking your head in and saying hello and then being ignored. <laughs> yeah, that was a fruitful interaction. Huh? <laughs> you learned guess. a lot about me there. Yes. Okay. More about myself. I'm told I'm a mumbler. <laughs> so then Connor or Ian can pick the question and then Dave, Dave, right. Dave you can answer. Go for it. You're holding Dave, the Dave answers oh, as oh, one, of, yeah, okay. one of us. You you pick which one of us. All right. Gotcha. Dave's answering the question. And okay, that question's not going to work. For who? Who am I answering? For, for Zay. For Zay. Okay. Let's go with Zay. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. So Dave's answering what he thinks Zay would answer. The question is, would you rather be able to speak any language or be able to communicate with animals? Ooh. What would Zay rather communicate in any language or speak with animals? I'm going to say that he would rather speak with animals. Because I feel like... Zay would want I feel like Zay would want to you know have this skill that literally nobody else has right nobody can talk with animals I don't care if you think you know apes can do sign language or whatever because they can't that's that's bullshit <laughs> Zay would love to be the only person alive who can speak to animals if you're locking it in final I'm locking answer. it in final answer incorrect Ooh. no Ooh. I I've always wanted to do either be able to know any song lyric or speak every language my reason for not wanting to talk to animals is because I think they would still just be like food, 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 give me, or like angry. I don't know. I feel like animals wouldn't be able to offer me a good conversation. Or maybe, maybe I guess maybe if they could speak, like, then they would be better at conversating. Well, they would, the, by yeah. definition of speaking. But still, I don't know. So I, you're saying that the, the interaction potential would be limited? Yes. Okay. 
But I'm guessing you would rather be able to speak to animals. I think I would rather be able to speak to animals. What would be your first question or conversation you would have with what animal? Oh, well, with my cat Pandora, (laughs) I would like to know, what the hell are you thinking? What Mm. is, what, you know, also when she looks at me, I, I have a feeling she's either considering how I taste or she's just trying to figure me out. I would like to know which one of the two. <laughs> would this be the breaking moment for getting rid of the cat, depending on how they answer? If if look, if I if if I if I died, if I just died and it turned out that Pandora wanted to eat me, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. I don't need it anymore. And you know, you're hungry. My my <laughs> last act for you is to provide you with a decent meal. Mm. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So generous. <laughs> but I don't, you know, like I don't think she can kill me. I think I would, I, I, you know, so yeah, I, I, what was the question? (laughs) You'd rather talk to animals. I would rather talk to animals. That's that's where I'm going. I just want to find out which one. I don't think I would be particularly threatened if it turned out that she wanted to eat me. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So are we, uh, are we at the end of the show? Is that, was there more? I think that's that's about that's uh, yep there we get that but it up but boop but bada bing bada boom bam (laughs) very good (laughs) good because that's our show Uh, zay thanks for producing this episode for us thanks for having us i really enjoyed learning about akk and nolan connor ian thanks for being on the show today with me appreciate it thank you thanks for having us And what kind of terrible, slobby roommate would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, follow us wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Thank you to this week's editors, Alex Hansen and Katie Heim Kessler. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Hitler saying, don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, Shortcoats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.